welcome to another McLaren fans podcast. Uh, this week, um, we're going to be talking about the Styrian Grand Prix. Uh, I'm your host, Andy Donnelly. Joining me this week, as always, is Sarah Merritt. Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. And uh, our special guest star this week is uh, a, very, <laughs> a very keen uh, McLaren fan, Andy Robinson. Hi, Andy. Hello, everyone. Excellent. Excellent. Right. So um, before we get on to the sort of Grand Prix weekend, um, we, we like to know a little bit about um, the, the people who are joining us now. Um, I know a couple of things about you, Andy. I know one that you're a keen cyclist. I know that I you're indeed. a keen McLaren fan. Oh, I also God. know that you've been to the Austrian Grand Prix. So, Oh, yes. Um, I also know that you're wearing team kit from 2012 with all of the logos still intact. Yeah, look at them. <laughs> it's a miracle. And I've watched this a lot more than you twice, Sarah. No, you didn't. You didn't like, you know, use unicorn breath to clean it. <laughs> uh, no, I have. I have done Austria as well. Yeah, uh, my sister and myself went 2018, 2019, 2019 probably. Yeah. Yes. And you were very lucky to get your flag signed by Mr. Norris, weren't you? I did. I, I had a massive flag made up, and Orlando um, and Carlos both signed it for me. Uh, I was most made up with that. And it, it's been the backdrop of my office forever. But then the signature started to fade, so I had to take it down. Uh, it's it's amazing. The the access they gave you over there, because there weren't 200,000 British fans, was brilliant. Just walk, walked up and down the pit lane and saw people in the pit lane. And the, the mechanics would come over and say hi to you, because you're the, one of the few McLaren fans. It's, uh, it's great. Yeah, I love Austria. Did you camp? We did, yeah. So um, we... The campsite is literally 10 yards off the corner of the track. It's closer than Silverstone Woodlands is. And it's just a field with a maybe a makeshift toilet, but you are literally just in a field. But right. you wake up in the morning and you're right next door to where all the drivers park. Uh, you walk in, you're, you're 10 minutes from any grandstand and it, it's brilliant. It's also lovingly in the middle of nowhere. So take your food with you or it's a 15 minute drive to the local McDonald's. That's worth noting. No, it sounds really good. It sounds like it's somewhere that we should all do a big road trip to or something and go there. Yeah, and that's you what see. you did. You, you drove, didn't you? I, I did, yeah. So I went with my sister who was in Russia at the time. So we met there. So I did the 18-hour drive down by myself and then we shared the lift, uh, shared the driving on the way back. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. You see the pictures on TV and you see how nice and it is in the country. It's Sound of Music, uh, that kind of uh, area. And it's it's it is just that it's amazingly beautiful place to hold a Grand Prix. It's almost as if the track ruins the environment, but it's just amazing. And one thing I've always wondered when I see this circuit is, can you get in the middle where the big bull is at any point? If you've got the right ticket. So it's like Silverstone uh, sent in a track, you know, you can do yeah. 30 quid in a track at Silverstone. Uh, if you walk around the outside of the Austria track, there's a little section where you can go down to the middle bit where the bull is, but you have to have a ticket for that grandstand. Right, and got it. As I wasn't Austrian or a Max Verstappen fan, I didn't have a ticket for that grandstand. I just want a selfie with the bull. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um... be a part of the pit walk, shouldn't it? They let you uh, have a, a picture with the bull. One of the things that kind of struck me on TV and has kind of put me off looking at going to it in the past is the grandstands always seem to be 
really far away from the edge of the track. So um, beyond the runoff area. Well, yeah, a little bit further back. Um, some of them quite high up, but I'm wondering if if you see more because of that or. So, I mean, the track itself, if you're up on the corner two, three or four, you see the whole thing. You can sit in the field and general admin, you can see the whole track apart from where it's behind the uh, main grandstand. But they do a a three day weekend ticket. So you can have three different grandstands on the weekend. Uh, So you can do like the main pit straight on Friday. You can do the Red Bull stand on a Saturday and do any other stand on a Sunday. And it's brilliant. But there's a good view from every single grandstand. And the only one I didn't get into was the ball one in the middle. Yeah, it's great views all around that place. Sounds good. Sounds good. I think we should put it on the uh, on the agenda. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, road trip. Definitely one of the penciled in the list of where you could go next. Um, yeah, yeah, and I guess if, you know if they continue this trend of having a Styrian Grand Prix and an Austrian Grand Prix, you could go and have two races, kind of for the, almost the price of one trip, which would be back to back. However, That's living the dream, that is. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure spending 10 days in a tent is living the dream for me, I'm afraid. But <laughs> 2019, we did the Austrian Grand Prix, Goodwood Festival Speed, and then Silverstone. The three-week back-to-back-to-back. Amazing. Absolutely brilliant. Just to spend three weeks in, in gorged in McLaren. It was, it was like, what more could you want in your life? Only three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go get a job to pay for all the other tickets. <laughs> it's a shame we have to work, isn't it? That's the problem here. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for that information. So anyone listening, if you want to know more about going to Austria, we'll uh, we'll share Andy's Twitter ID at the end of the podcast so you can hit him up for information. Well, you can shout it out now. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. I mean, I could do, but that involves me knowing off the top of my head. What? <laughs> So, I mean, I use Twitter purely for one thing, and that is purely to uh, talk to and about McLaren. Uh, so my, um, I'm not massive social media, but I think I am Andy Robinson 100 is you my Twitter at, handle. At Andy Robinson 100. I know this because I tweet you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah. you go. The first person we've ever had on here that wasn't ready to plug their handle. Uh, <laughs> if, if it's not McLaren on my page pretty much that's where i sit <laughs> great stuff thanks andy thanks for sharing all of that with us yeah that's uh that's that's good i mean i guess the the 18 hour drive is interesting as well but um yeah i mean it certainly looks like a good one to go to um so shall we get on and talk about the race weekend then yeah why not why not okay so um yeah, I mean, God, for, for me, it was kind of a, a race weekend of two cars. In, <laughs> given that we've got the two y- cars. The yin and yang. But, the yin and yeah, yang. the yin and yang is, is a good way of looking at it. Um, obviously, Lando was, um, you know, doing well all weekend. Uh, and at one point, Dan was looking pretty good in that car as well. Think, did we have a P2 in FP2? We did. Yeah. Three tenths off the lead as well. It was close. Yeah. So we were kind of like, kind of, this is looking good. This is looking quite solid for the weekend. Um, and then, yeah, we don't, obviously race comes along and we do pretty well in that. 
Dan has a bit of a few issues. Um, but what I'd like to kind of touch on is kind of just give me your thoughts on the sort of race weekend. It wasn't probably the most interesting of races that we've probably seen this season. Uh, but given we had like quite a good one in sort of France not so long ago and everything, you, you can't have everything, can you? You know, we're going to have to do like this. That's the irony, isn't it? Who'd have thought we'd be saying, well, the French Grand Prix was exciting. Um, and, and you know, I guess overall for us, um, in the back of your mind, you go into this weekend thinking, Lando got a podium here last year. We could do really well here. And that's that's kind of how I felt as the weekend approached. I don't know if you, you felt the same. You know that Lando's moved up every single race until yeah. this one and he started p3 so if he'd moved up it would have been his best result ever uh yeah. and this is the first race he hasn't moved forward from qualifying to race so i was going to have a lot of hope i always say the one thing we have as mclaren fans is hope um we don't have a lot else it's just literally hope but we can but it's it's hope and strategy <laughs> we, did we well. trust in randy <laughs> you should maybe get a t-shirt with that on <laughs> yeah <laughs> we believe in randy yeah yeah <laughs> you, you say it, it wasn't the best or most interesting race and lando said the same as well he got out of the car and he'd been by himself like 10 seconds behind a gap 20 30 40 seconds in front of gap for the whole race after that five onwards and um, so yeah it wasn't the most interesting of races from that point of view but when we're sat in fifth and we're watching him just go around in fifth We've had worse days. Yeah, without without any challenge as well, really. Um, once, I mean, I thought he got a good start and, you know, came back against Perez, um, you know, on the first couple of laps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, that was exciting. So we did show pace then, but I think really from sort of lap four onwards, it, it was very much about the long game for him. Um, yeah. And, yeah, you know, I know we're not going to, we're not at Mercedes or Red Bull yet, sort of levels, but... Um, you know, the main thing was let's see what we can get. Can we keep that fifth? And he, I would say, whereas I think I was kind of claiming last week in France was was that Lando's best race ever. I would say that today, uh, sorry, yesterday's race was probably his most kind of professional job that he's done for us, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so you know, very happy with that sort of p5 even though it was from a p3 um but obviously we, we gained that from Bottas's sort of penalty where he uh you know tried to uh try to pit into our pit box sideways <laughs> sideways <laughs> yes but you know um, when you when you said about was it lando's most professional race i i'd say he's doing a bit of adulting at the moment yeah there's a term i quite like when i'm doing diy it's or not something that type of podcast sarah <laughs> no 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 i think he, there's this guy that wants to drive fast and wants to go off and get podiums, but he's doing the sensible thing. He's doing a bit of adulting and he knows that fifth is good for us, best of the rest. And he knows that if he's driving a good race and he's hanging in there, that if something goes wrong up front with any of those, those leaders, we're ready there to pick it up. It's the best we can be, best of the rest at the moment. So that's, that's what I meant by adulting. Nothing, nothing sexy. <laughs> He's changed from the last two years and, and he's adopted that more of a, almost a team leader approach where he's going to get the points and he's going to bag the points. And yeah. we'll come on to Dan in a bit, I'm sure. But 
Lando's the solid rock we're building the team on right now. And it's because he's yeah. consistent and he's every point, every race this year, he's been in the points. Brilliant. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's the only driver still to finish in the points all season. Um, Mr. Consistency. Mr. Consistency. Uh, I think um, Motorsport Stats tweeted something yesterday about how he was the most consistent driver outside of the um, sort of top two teams. Um, yep. I think, was it 13 consecutive points finishes he's now done over this and last season? That's not to be sniffed yep. at. That's really, really good. Um, and uh, and when I when I mentioned my favourite thing to mention, the F1 power rankings, um, for which the latest race ones don't come out till Wednesday, so we're always looking one race previous when we talk about it here. Lando is sitting in second place on the overall leaderboard behind Max Verstappen, above Lewis Hamilton. And that tells you something, because they're really looking at who's extracting the most out of their package, who can do the best with the car that they've got available to them. So so that tells a story, doesn't it, when you see that. Lando's in second place on that leaderboard. I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see how we go the rest of the season. Really interesting. Yeah, what's that eight races in we're now? You know, we're not, not far off halfway through. Yep. So, um, yeah, you know, at this, this point in the season, we're doing pretty well. Um, still in P3 in the Constructors. Which is um, which is good ahead of Ferrari. Yeah. Just to emphasise how well Lando's doing, he's in front of Bottas and Perez. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, he's just behind Perez now, isn't he's he? Behind Perez now. Oh, he's ten behind Perez. Yes, yeah, sorry. Just slightly, yeah. just slightly. Yeah, but yeah. ahead of Bottas, yes. In 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 what some people would say is the best car. Yeah. We can debate that differently, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's 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 really impressive. He's really he's really doing well for us. Yeah, I, I I can totally totally agree with that. I kind of let's kind of switch on to Dan, which is a bit of a contrast. Now, I I think on the podcast a, a few episodes ago we were kind of you know it will come good. It's only a matter of time and everything else like that. But if and I'm then, be and honest, then we thought it had. We thought it had. Yeah. Last um, last you know, podcast we were like, way. You know, it had a really <laughs> solid sort of French Grand Prix. Yeah. And it started to look like we were going to get the best out of it this weekend. Is it something in the car? Is it a chassis problem? It, what is? What could it be? Is it just still he needs to get used to it or something like that? It was just seemed to be not quite there. One thing that Dan had when he went to Renault, from Red Bull to Renault, he had a very averagely bad first year. And it yeah. took him a year to find that car. If well, we've got Dan for the long term. We've not got him for a one or two year contract. We've we want a team, um, and I'm I'm of the opinion that he might have a few good results this year. He might have a lot of bad results, but he'll find the car. He's a you don't accidentally win seven races. He's not past a Maldonado in his one win. Yeah. Um, he's a <laughs> he's a great driver. He he is a brilliant driver. He will find the car, and if he's got got to spend the season finding the car come we've had worse seasons with honda we can give dan a year finding the car yeah i agree i agree i'm just worried that it's it's totally battering his confidence though that's the only concern i have my concern is not with dan's talent he's got bags of it and and i'm sure he will get used to the car and and he's come into a team and he's sat in a car 
that he's had no input into designing, no input into the, the way it's been set up. There's, and I realise there's things that can be personalised to him as we go along throughout the season. But you always hear drivers say that until they get that first year of having input into it, you know, they're, they're, they're driving someone else's car, for want of a way of putting it. You know, I've got, I'm just worried that it batters his confidence. And he looked really down on his message that he recorded. And I know we've all sent positive things saying, you know, you've got, you've got all the fans behind you. And, and, and that's very much true. But it's not very nice for him feeling that way, is it? Yeah, I mean, you know, you probably, he's probably thinking at this point, is, is it something I'm doing? Is it this? Is it, is it that? And going through a whole kind of checklist of, you know, all these kind of other bits and pieces. But I, I certainly think that the point is that, you know, he's come to a, a new team whole new team of mechanics um you know race engineer the lot that you know we, we're learning how to set the car up for him as well and yeah. he's got to learn how that car works um the, the other big thing that i want to kind of just pick up on that not many people have sort of mentioned is dan's only ever raced with a renault engine before this is a engine. it's a whole different thing isn't it so you know maybe that's a massive change he's only ever raced with a Renault engine in? Well, up until this year, Lando had only raced with a Renault engine, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but... I'm just yeah, playing like, devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's I can see your point, but he's used to winning races with a Renault engine and getting the most out of that engine, so... And it's not just Dan learning our car either. We're learning how to work with him. I mean, don't forget, yeah. he doesn't just race someone else's car he races darren's car quite a lot like we're still learning how to work with dan we yeah. can't even announce his name correctly yet alone yeah, no. so um, but i would i would say that um mr stallard for for all of his getting the name wrong that's because he's focusing on the performance stats that he needs to be sharing you know he's looking at the data that's why he gets the name wrong <laughs> i think i think somebody's just playing a trick and writing it down wrong Every time give this message to Darren, he's like, oh, okay. The, the, the instant he had it, was it lap four or five where he just dropped back four places that he just made up at the start? Yeah, because he yeah. had a cracking start. He made up six places in the first two laps, didn't he? So it looked promising. It looked like it was going to be a day of overtaking. So I wonder if he spent the rest of the race managing an engine issue or something like that. They said on the app, um, so the McLaren app gives you a little feed and gives you all yeah. the messages. And they said on that that he's going to have a really busy rest of the race in the cockpit. So he must have been having to do switches a lot, I would guess, just from what they said on the app. And that's going to take his attention. Yeah. I had this naive, you know, when he dropped back, I just assumed he was pressing control or delete at that moment. And then it started up again. You know, it was a. Uh... It was that kind of view of it. <laughs> it. It's certainly how they describe it in the commentary every time, isn't it? Yes. I don't want to sound like Crofty, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, you know, Dan's there for the long term. This is... Uh, I was going to say it's a marathon, not a sprint, but then we've got sprint races coming up, so maybe that's not a good analogy for me to use. Um, but he's, he's with us for the long shot, you know, so um, we certainly aren't giving up on him. We know he's going to come good. I think it's just going to take a little bit longer. Um, patience is a virtue. And when it does, it'll be really worth it. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, yeah, let's see how it kind of goes in the next race um, next weekend. 
and uh, yeah, you know, could be could be a completely different podcast next Monday. <laughs> Imagine if he wins. Imagine if Dan crosses that line, takes the checkers flag, and we're like, he's a hero. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> never, never doubted you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> can Can we uh, just touch on the pit stops? I think we should because Andy is normally obsessed well, by those. I wasn't going to mention them this week because they were brilliant. So well, two point three. Don't just, <laughs> we don't just moan at people. We do actually praise them as well, do we not, Mister Donnelly? No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I, I keep getting, I keep getting my ear bent saying that you can't talk about pit stops every week from people. But, but I don't know if you noticed, but we had different crew on the stops this time. So there were a yes. couple of people that weren't out in Austria. And yes. they're key people on the pit stops. We had different people do it. So the the way that the team has adapted and can still produce 2.3 second pit stop, you got to give a lot of credit to the thousands of stops they've probably done in this year alone. Yep. Yep, that's a good one to note. I noticed a few a few members of the crew that I follow on Twitter had, had flown home and had, were, were working back at base for a while. So, yeah, you're right. That's something that I guess will happen more and more if there's going to be triple headers and packed race weeks uh, race seasons sorry not race weeks because it's it's just a bit too much to expect isn't it and some people are going to need to swap in and swap out so yeah you're right that's that's a very key thing to mention uh, well well spotted andy you're, you're welcome back on the podcast again in the future you've scored a brownie point <laughs> i like brownies too so we're fine <laughs> absolute taste brownies of course yeah absolute taste one's beautiful right okay um so uh one last kind of thing we'll kind of move on from that um i'm going to give you a choice here so um we can either talk about the upcoming silverstone weekend which i believe you're both going to is that correct yes we yeah um okay well let's just talk about that anyway well, I want to know what the other option was. Yeah. Uh, talk, talking about McLaren cookies now. Um, I'll leave that next one for next, <laughs> next week. But okay, yeah, you let's, say Let's have a bit week. of a chat around Silverstone. So, um, first of all, great to see that we're going to have full capacity at Silverstone, given the current yes. situation. Um, and, yes, I know there might be some fans out there that are quite apprehensive about it and everything else like that. Um yeah. Um but obviously, you know, we've 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 heard and we're gonna hear a little bit more about how they're gonna go about doing it and making it safe for everybody. And you know, one of a couple of the points that were raised when they announced that Silverstone was gonna be a fan event was that you know they've got seventy thousand seats and X amount of acres of land with those seats over. And there's no concourses and enclosed spaces for people to be in. So um, whilst I'm not going to go and hug everybody and things like that, I, I do feel that it's a, it's kind of, you know, maybe safer than going to a football game with 70,000 people in. Um, I think on paper, when you talk about it like that, you're right. I just guess for me, I've not been in a group of more than six people and that's 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 all I've done so far. So for me, I'm I'm really not sure how it's going to be, and that's why I've opted for going inside and just doing one day of hospitality that I'm doing um, 
which is not mega bucks, it's 175 quid, but I've decided that I want to go to Silverstone, I want to get a taste, I want to see some cars, but I don't, I'm not ready to do the whole thing yet, so it's a bit of a halfway house. What about you, Andy? There are options, though. I mean, one of the good things about Silverstone is that not a single soul goes on public transport pretty much to Silverstone. We all drive, so they've got that out of the equation. Um, but uh, as I said about Austria, there's the inner track at Silverstone. It's 30 quid top up on your ticket, and yeah. there's space. You can go sit on the grassy knoll inside the old Term 1. There's lots of space around you can go and sit, and there's, um, I won't give any secrets, right, but there's quite a few good empty grandstands inside inner track. Um, <coughs> Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's options to keep away from people. Yes, there are. I guess for me, it's not the keeping away from people walking about. It's when I'm in a big group queuing for the toilet, when I'm queuing to get in. I'm not sure, you know, logistically how they're going to do this PCR test or proving you've had the vaccine stuff yet. Um, and, and it takes a long time to get through the gate at Silverstone anyway. So I'm guessing that that might mean it takes even longer. And we're going to have to be patient with that. Um, you know, it's a means to an end. I mean, I, I'm camping at Woodlands with my family, uh, my parents and uh, my partner. And what I'm hoping is that they do the PCR testing on the way into the campsite. So then you've got that whole vast amount of people don't have to do the testing every morning, don't have to prove the testing every morning anyway, because you're already, you've tested. And you're going through the side gate by Woodlands. Um, but it's going to be a, a, a queue, queue fest, isn't it? Have you had any communication from the campsite at all about anything they're doing differently? Yeah, they are not doing all the mass entertainments. They're still doing all the food venues and they're doing they're not doing the big fairgrounds and the big evening shows and stuff. But all the like the tents are going to be there and the facility is going to be there. But it's just going to be a bit scaled back on the mass participation things, which is the right thing to do. And when you're camping, you are away from other people anyway. You've got a big enough pitch to isolate yourself away from other groups. Yeah. That's very true. And Andy, you're just going on the Friday as well, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I've got a GA ticket for the Friday. A bit like you, I just want to see what it's going to be like. Um, you know, there's, there's always the option to go the next two days if I want to and buy a ticket. But certainly, um, yeah, you know, you hopefully you can still do Roman grandstands because then you can just go in and sit wherever you want away from people and stuff like that. So. Um, <laughs> Hopefully that'll work. That is one of the nicest things about Silverstone. If you have a Friday ticket, you can go sit anywhere and you can walk around the yep. whole track and do every single stand. And you can go up to Maggots and Beckett's and you can stand looking down those corners and see the cars just moving right in front of you. I, I love that bit about Silverstone. And it's not every Grand Prix track lets you do that. Um, no, that's very true. Um, and it's something we've been caught out, out, out on in the past when we went to Hungary and expected we could just go in and out of every uh, every grandstand and we weren't able to. But we do make a point of trying to walk the circuit and taking those different views, even if we can't get in the grandstand. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity for people, you know. Um, and I would say normally that, that that's the time when people who don't normally have that expensive a ticket like to sit on the pit straight like to get that moment but of course that grandstand has been somewhat cut down by the presence of the hotel now be interesting to see how much work's gone on on that since we've all last been there it was due to open last year and now it's due to open at the end of this year because i'm hunting to get a night in that hotel because it's right on the pit straight and you overlook yeah. the wing 
and it'd just be nice to wake up one morning in the hotel and to hear the cars going past. I think so too. For any any activity at Silverstone, probably not for the Grand Prix, because I've heard, and this is quite surprising, that it's it's been booked out by Red Bull already for the race. With Hilton being a McLaren sponsor, I kind of thought it would be us, but it isn't. Um, maybe that's a tactical manoeuvre on their part. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a one-upmanship, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I hope they're not so, trying to uh, steal our sponsors again. <laughs> we'll be taking them back soon Andy don't worry what goes around comes around even platform shoes come back in eventually <laughs> I'm waiting for that day I can then, I can then say that I'm six foot <laughs> it'd, be, uh, it'd be nice if anyone listening to the podcast wants to tag us in a tweet and let us know if they're going to be at Silverson so we can get a feel for who's going to be there yeah that would be great um and yeah, if you if you see us, come up and give us a shout, and um, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Um, we might actually even record your views on McLaren and stuff like that. So any McLaren fans at Silverstone, uh, if you see either myself or Sarah kicking about, just give us a friendly hello, socially yeah, distant. We can uh, we can uh, tap elbows or something like that. Yeah. Will you have uh, an extendable microphone, a la Ted Kravitz, with you, Andy? Um. <laughs> do you know what I might just have to do something like that yeah <laughs> give Ted well, a shout there's, there's, there's a there's a quirky gimmick then yeah. and of course uh, one thing I have noticed this weekend and will be good is that Silverstone will be when Ted's back with us because I think he's off for next way, race isn't he he's off for Austria again yes yes I believe he is yeah. he was doing the W series wasn't he yeah and yes. working for F1 as well so yeah. And we'll we'll get to see W series again at Silverstone whilst we're there, won't we? Yeah. Well and also, um, yeah, it's obviously a little bit different the format. We've got the yeah. collie on the Friday night now. And we've got the sprint race. Is it the it's the first sprint race we're gonna have on the Saturday yeah. afternoon? So correct me if I'm wrong, it's the format sort of a practice one, then a quality. Then a practice two on Saturday, and then a sprint race, and then the race on Sunday. Yep. And they've looked at the timetable for the quality on Friday. It's going to be Friday night. It's going to be after yeah. work. Yeah. And I thought that's brilliant. I'm now getting more for my Friday tickets worth of money than I ever was before. So uh, I'm pretty chuffed with that. More Six till seven, time. I think, isn't it? Six till seven in the evening. The the, the sprint race quality. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. You know, one one thing we didn't mention about Silverstone is we won't have a pit lane walk this year, Thursday. I can't imagine that's even ever a thought process of happening. Yeah, yeah. I guess they're not open on the Thursday. I wonder if Sky is still going to do their F one the the F one show that they used to do. Yeah, they might do, mightn't they? Be interesting to see. I'm sure they'll release details of it or mention it maybe at the end of the Austria footage next week. So we'll find out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that kind of wraps us up for this week. Um, I think we've covered everything on the agenda for this week. Um, thanks to Andy Robinson for joining us. Thank you very um, much yes. for the invite. No problem. We will definitely have you on again soon. Uh, once again, thank you, Sarah. 
no worries. Uh, we'll be back in a week's time uh, to finish off our triple header of podcasts um, with the, not the Styrian Grand Prix, but the Austrian Grand Prix in the same place. <laughs>